Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 39. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. So I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good. But my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me. While I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes round like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Save me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of fools. I was silent. I would not open my mouth, for you are the one who has done this. Remove your scourge from me. I am overcome by the blow of your hand. When you rebuke and discipline anyone for their sin, you consume their wealth like a moth. Surely everyone is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Do not be deaf to my weeping. I dwell with you as a foreigner, a stranger as all my ancestors were. Look away from me that I may enjoy life again before I depart and am no more. Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 through 27. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on to the hill country. See what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob, toward Labo Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Ahiman, Shishai and Telmai, the descendants of Anak, lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of forty days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. 
Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about sixty pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Since launching GIJustice.com and tweeting about it relatively inconsistently, uh, this is a, a website that I created for um, information about civil rights for soldiers and veterans. Um, and since setting it up, I've heard from a couple of um, veterans, small, um, kind of haphazard uh, series of folks. Um, and many of them have shared my anguish at the way that veterans... Uh, are talked about or thought about, um, some of it kind of under the radar and very subtle, and others are kind of overt, um, ranging from, you know, the angry veteran stereotype of someone telling uh, a veteran, like, you know, you don't have to kill someone, or, you know, really seemingly innocuous things that for veterans um, uh, initiated into kind of progressive or social justice um, traditions and conversations, um, they often feel as though they're getting left out. Um, I know I have, uh, and I'll only speak for the, the small number of vets who have reached out to me um, in response to GI Justice stuff. But um, the psalm today, it has for several days, but I don't usually talk about the psalm. The psalm really stuck with me. Um, it opens... Um, if you'll recall, by uh, the writer saying, I'll watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my own mouth while in the presence of the wicked. And the second verse and third verse go on. Um, I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good. But my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me. Even though I meditated, the fire burned until I finally spoke. Um, and I know for me, and I've spoken about this a little bit on the podcast, I've tried to keep it out of the, the main, uh, yeah, the main topics that we discuss, that I discuss on the podcast. Um, but part of what I'm doing with GI Justice is approaching Congress members um, on, particularly in the House, um, and slowly I'm working my way into the Senate or through the Senate. Um, and some of the committees, Veterans Affairs Committees, um, Education or Labor Committees, and even veteran service organizations. And I'll tell them, look, there's civil rights for vets and for soldiers, but they suck. Um, and these conversations have to be highly strategic because staffers and VSOs in their own way have an immense amount of power to shape the public conversation, or reporters, reporters as well. Um, they have power. Um, I'm sure they know they have power. Um, and the decision to take some action that they have the power to do carries a great responsibility. Um, but 
that doesn't get away from the difficulty um, that's inherent in trying to raise some of these conversations. Um, and myself and some of these other vets who've reached out to me have felt like they've learned quickly um, that if you're really honest and blunt, which we usually think we can do with one another in the military and amongst veteran um other veterans, you learn really quickly, like, that's actually not the case. So I was at the American Legion, which is one of the largest veteran service organizations, and I began talking about one of these federal laws that protect veterans. And the legislative director of American Legion um, got really fixated on some element of my story, which I hadn't really talked about all that much, and I'm really talking about federal laws, and he's really, like, asking me questions about my experience. It keeps interrupting me, and I'm, I'm telling him, look, I, I can't answer your question if you keep stopping me from answering your question. And he got really upset, and he stood up and you know, reminded me of the R. Kelly interview, and he's called security on me, and I'm sitting there saying, like, um, I'm, I can leave if you want, um, but you're asking me these questions, and, like, I, f- I figure I should answer them, but I'm not answering in the way that you feel like I'm supposed to. Um, a staff member on the House Veterans Affairs Committee um, when it seemed that the Democratic side of the committee was dragging its feet. And I asked uh, two of them by email, what are you guys going to do? Democrats are known for civil rights. Like now the Republicans are saying they're willing to make some movement, but, you know, the the power in the majority really has all the cards. What are you going to do? And apparently that's an attack. I, the one of the staffers felt that I was attacking him and attacking the honor of the female staffer um, that was also CC. It was really weird. So you have to watch your ways and keep your tongue from sin. And um, you may have to put a muzzle on your mouth in the presence of everybody. Um, and it's difficult to self-censor. And it's painful and frustrating to remain utterly silent um, And to not even say anything good for fear of, you know, somebody thinking that you're on their team or in their little, their clique or something. And the more you remain silent, um, every day that you remain silent as 20 of your battle buddies succumb to suicide, like your heart may grow hot within you. Um, And then as you meditate, the fire continues to burn. And the writer of the psalm doesn't begin by saying or break down and finally say, you know, he doesn't address the evildoers or um, or something. And he doesn't even really get upset at God. Like, why are you letting this happen? But the psalmist says, remind me how tiny and powerless and fleeting my life is. Um, you've made my life almost nothing. Um, and everybody just kind of walks around in vain rushing around, heaping up wealth and resources um, without even realizing their responsibilities or what, you know, who really should possess these resources and and this wealth. And he says, as I guess um, I have to, and I have to encourage other veterans who are um, tired of being looked down upon by others, um, our hope is in God. Um, And our only hope is that God saves us from our own transgressions. Um, That 
you know, the transgressions of others are their own business and, and God's. Um, but to hope that we aren't made the scorn of fools. Um, reminding ourselves and, and God and others that uh, we can, for a time, remain silent without opening our mouths. Um, because God is in charge. Um, even while asking to remove the the burden and the reminder and the anxiety and the anguish from us, um, that if God really wanted us kind of out of the equation, that God could do it. Um, but to finally remember that God does hear our, our cries for help, that God is not deaf to our, our weeping, um, that even though we might feel like a foreigner on our own land, that we've defended these rights that we're denied, that we are put on these pedestals just to get us out of the way um, that that God is is with us, that God will allow us to enjoy life again, um, that we aren't strangers or foreigners, but actually we are we are God's beloved creatures um, in whom we find our meaning and our purpose um, and ultimately our salvation. Prayer for Quiet Confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit lift us, we pray, to your presence where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.